As you prepare for retirement, one of the big questions you have to ask yourself is, when should I take Social Security? So in today's podcast, we're going to talk about strategies for you to consider. We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Parag. Hopefully you can tell from this conversation that I am I, I take things very seriously, but I'm laid back. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvestor. You may want to do some reallocations based off how you're currently invested. This podcast addresses financial issues for all ages, from those just starting out up to retirees. It's Your Finances Untangled. Untangling your finances. That's what Mo Param can do. And the team at Cloud Vesters. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled Consumer Advocate Dave Perkins with Mo Param. Uh, Cloud Vesters is a fiduciary firm that is recommended nationally by Dave Ramsey. Fiduciary, uh, financial fiduciary is legally bound to act in your best interest, which is something that Mo and the team would do anyway for you throughout your financial life. Uh, Mo, uh, fiduciary, I mean, I think that's just a little extra that makes people feel good, but I know you would do that anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean. You're a nice guy. You know, I'm, I'm a nice guy. Yeah. And our clients are, you know, trusting us to to put their best interests in mind and, and in the forefront of our planning all the time, right? So if you're... If you're honored enough to to take this responsibility, then you should always always have your client's best interest in mind, whether whether it's legally recommended, recommended, legally mandated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Um, and besides, you want to have that relationship that if if you start with someone early as a young adult, they could be with you through their financial life, and that's actually a good thing to have some coaching and accountability. Yeah, because we're not transactional, right? We, we, we've rescued some of our clients from advisors who 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 were very transactional, right? It, it was very product product laced recommendations. Everything is just product driven, but no real planning behind it. And so, what we've because our our, our business model and our model is all built off relationships. You know, we we're we're not. We're doing this so that we can be with our clients throughout their journey, throughout their uh, financial journey, throughout retirement. And so we know that it's a relationship. And one of the big things about relationship is trust. So clients trust us uh, and to, to know that we that we know what we're doing. And also at the end of the day that we have their best interests in mind. Well, at and, all times. And, and through the financial life includes when it's time to start thinking about Social Security, which is what we're going to cover here. So, you want, can we start with a fun fact on Social sure. Security? Yeah, um, I was going to get you, if you would, to tell the item a fuller story. Uh, I pulled up some history, too. I mean, Social Security was signed into law in 35, and I think I'm right here. The first benefits weren't paid out until 1940. But, of course, they issued the cards earlier. They had to. So I was curious on who was the first person to be assigned a Social Security number. Now, wouldn't you think that would be like one? (laughs) Uh, But no, uh, it wasn't. And besides, it couldn't have been just one. It needed to be that how many digits are in it. It's the same digits that we have now in our same amount of of numbers. But John David Sweeney Jr., a 23-year-old from New Jersey, I believe he was, Uh, He was the first person to be issued a number. Now, if you're wondering what was the lowest number ever issued, and I think I actually searched this because I'm that paranoid. 
because the, <laughs> the person who received the lowest number was Grace D. Owen of Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, she was uh, she applied for her number on November 24th, 1936. And um, I actually did. Th- this is the height of paranoia. I did a search to make sure that Social Security numbers are not recycled because oh, okay. I didn't want to give this number out and then harm anyone's identity. Now, bless her soul, and God rest her soul, Grace D. Owen, I think, has long gone on to her reward. So I think it's safe for me to give her number. Do you concur, Mo? I, th- I think at this point, you, you should be fine, because I'm not giving out the number. So just in case... It's Dave Perkins who's giving out the number, not Moise Perrin. I did. I checked. I really did. They do not recycle (laughs) the numbers. So here it is. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because the numbers and uh, the how low they are, how high they are depends on where you live because they're assigned geographically. So apparently New Hampshire, where Grace resided at the time, had uh, was in an area with low numbers. But anyway, she was the lowest. On record, 001-01-0001. I bet she didn't have a uh, hard time at all remembering her social security number. <laughs> Just all the zeros. forgotten a zero. Now, the first beneficiary, because, I mean, they were younger, like Sweeney, the first one to get a number, was only 23. So those were the first numbers issued. The first beneficiary was one Ida May Fuller. Can you share that story with us, Mo? It's a great one. Yeah, it really is. So Ida May Fuller, a woman in Vermont, uh, was the first beneficiary of Social Security. So she actually... uh, contributed to the Social Security Trust only for three years, 1937, 38, and 39. And in January of 1940, she was the first person to claim a Social Security benefit. Uh, in those three years, 37, 38, 39, as an aggregate, right, she, so as the amount in total that she put into the into the Social Security Trust, she put in a whopping hmm. $24.75. In three years? In three years. Wow. Her first check, mm-hmm. monthly check, was $22.54. <laughs> monthly. <laughs> monthly check. So, you know, during our workshops, we give this example. It's like if if I come to you, you know, someone that works for the government and say, Dave, uh, if you give me $33,000 for three years, so mm-hmm. let's call it $100,000, mm-hmm. uh, I will give you back $90,000 a month for the rest of your life. <laughs> Is that what it relates to? <laughs> That's incredible. Now, wait a minute. There's more. There's more. So she actually lived a long life. Ida Mae Fuller lived a very long life. She lived just shy of a, just over, a, she lived to be over 100 years old, <laughs> just shy of her 101st birthday. And she actually collected almost $23,000 in Social Security benefits just off a $22, basically a $23 investment. Ida May, God bless you on a wonderful investment. $24.75. And that got you back $22,800. We actually have a little tape of Ida May from an interview in, I think, 1970. Uh, Here it is. Uh, Here's what Ida had to say. It's just my way of sticking it to the man. (laughs) (laughs) 
she did it. She you know? did. I mean, I think at that time, you know, I think there's there's a reason why, you know, 62 is the age you can collect, you can start collecting Social Security. Because I think, you know, at that time, people weren't living that long, right? They probably right. expected Ida Mae Fuller to live two or three they years. They thought, yeah. Well, Ida Mae's going to go on to her reward in yeah, two, three years. Yeah, we won't, we'll be out a little bit with her. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. But nope. Not at all. And and that that actually leads to the point of why you know there is thoughts that the Social Security trust will will run out, right? Yeah. Because it's almost a overpromise under, yeah, overpromise under deliver, right? You know, you think about twenty three dollars generated twenty three thousand, almost twenty three thousand of income. Well, and, and um, yeah. Yeah, but now I'll guarantee you, like John Sweeney, he was 23, so he paid a lot in, um, mm-hmm. and he died of a heart attack in 1974 at the age of 61. So that's another little twist on it. Sweeney another- died of a heart attack at the age of 61. He never got the first benefit. He never got it. He never got it. And so when it comes to, you know, Social Security is not, a, is not an asset that you can bequeath, that you can... Um, add a beneficiary to right. that you can leave to your kids that so they can inherit, right? Except it's for a, in a spousal situation, right? Except for in a spousal situation, which we're going to get so, to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Social Security, if you, it's almost a use it or lose it in some in some aspects. So when it comes to filing and claiming Social Security, one of the questions that you have to ask yourself is longevity. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you do you have a family history? You know, if Uncle Johnny didn't make it past sixty two, your father you know, maybe slugged it through 65 and you say to yourself, well, I may not have a good gene pool and I might not even make it to, to my full retirement age or make it to 70. So I'll just claim it as soon as I can. But then you say, Uh, Oh, wait a minute. Uncle Johnny smoked three packs of unfiltered camels a day. (laughs) I mean, but yeah, you do have to look at their lifestyle too. And, and look at uh, what could be in the genes and make that decision. And the fact that healthcare is better now, so you could still live longer, but I I know your point though. I know your point. Yeah. yeah, It's a lot to look at with that. It's a lot to look at. And you know, when we work with our clients uh, that are at that point where they're thinking about collecting social security, we'll, We'll do an analysis for them. You know, we'll show them, okay, here's the impact if you took it today uh, or took it earlier. Let's call it 62, which is the earliest you can take Social Security benefits. Or if you delayed it all the way to 70, which is the latest, you can take Social Security. So that's that window, right? 62 to 70. Um, your full retirement age, uh, it's called, well, the acronym is FRA, full mm-hmm. retirement age. Mm-hmm. That is when you get, call it 100% of your benefit. Uh, it's not reduced because you took it early, and it's not increased because you're delaying it. It's, it's almost that sweet spot. Um, and where was it going with that? Oh, yeah. So we'll talk to them about, okay, if you take it at 62 early, full retirement age, or 70, what's the impact? Right? What's the what's the pros and cons? How does it impact your finances? Because there's a lot of things to consider, not just, not just your health, but also penalties and taxes and you're going to continue working and your spouse and divorce spouse and widow and all this, all these different things to consider to, uh, to, to make the best decision for yourself. And we're going to break down the nuts and bolts on the podcast today. And, and, and you may see yourself in one of these scenarios we lay out. There are a lot of decisions and a lot of choices with social security, you know, real quick. One thing that amazes me is, all right, so social security goes back to 35 becoming law. First beneficiary, Ida Mae Fuller, 1940. All right. And, and as you said correctly, lifespans were, were shorter then. 
And it amazes me from 1935 to 2021, the full retirement age has only been raised by two years. That's it. That's amazing <laughs> to me. However, with that said, it came out this week. We're recording on uh, on September 3rd, and it came out this week where we had been saying correctly that Social Security was going to be in trouble in the year 2035 as far as not being able or feeling secure that they could pay out full benefits. And now, because of COVID, it came out this week. That has dropped a year to 2034. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, scheduled. So what it is, essentially what it is, is the, the trust fund is going to is scheduled, right, to run out 2034. And what that means is it doesn't mean that there's no money in the trust fund. Right. All it means is, well, it, technically it does. What it means is that um, the the tax, the Social Security tax, the 6.2% that you're paying to Social Security is what's coming in is, is exactly what's going out, mm-hmm. right? So there's really no reserves at that point. Uh, So what's coming in is what's going out. So, okay, and here, and I don't want to stay on this too long, but that's it's concerning to hear that. And I don't think it's going away. But And I also think that politicians are smart enough to know that that's a a political hot potato and they're going to need to do something. So what do you do? So you could look at raising the full retirement age, but you'd need to do it kind of quickly. I mean, you'd need to – you can't just say millennials because – they won't be forward. They still wouldn't even be at that full retirement age yet. Right, yeah. So they need help now by 2034. Another thing they could do is raise the ceiling on your income that's subject to the Social Security tax, which currently it's 142800 which means in, in a given year, let's say in June, your salary has reached $142,800. For the rest of that year, your salary is no longer subject to the Social Security tax. So that's something else they could look at maybe lowering that. I don't know. Um, or would it be raising that? It'd be raising Raising it. that. Uh, or they could just say, hey, we're just not going to be able to pay out full benefits then. I mean, where, what yeah. do you think there? Where do you? Where would you guess they'd go? Uh, or raise you know, the Social Security tax rate. <laughs> That's the other th- th- thing. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of things they could do, right? I think those are all strategies that are being considered. Um, you know, they did make some changes to the Social Security uh, election items, uh, items, <laughs> election strategies before um, recently. You know, file and suspend uh, is no longer an option. You know, filing and restricting is still an option for certain individuals. And what what filing and restricting is, it's essentially if you have or eligible for two benefits, you know, uh, a spousal benefit, a divorce spousal benefit, a widow benefit, whatever it may be, um, you're able. So if you're eligible for two benefits, then you are able to file for that secondary benefit, restrict your benefit. And uh, delay it until your full retirement age or, or, or later, and then swap, right? Swap it back to your benefits. Mm-hmm. Essentially, just letting your benefits, your own benefits, increase while collecting that second benefit. Um, but that's 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 on that's restricted to a few people. You know, you have to have a full retirement age before January of uh, 1954, January 1st of 1954. Um, you could be a divorced or, or widowed, right? Those are really the three people that are eligible to do that filing and restricting. Uh, of strategy, but file and suspend is gone, right? So they've they've changed yeah, some strategies to to help alleviate 
um, uh, the pressure on the trust. But I think you're right. I mean, they think there's 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 definitely things to consider. Like you said, increasing the uh, the amount of income that's paying into Social Security, maybe increasing the six point two, maybe to seven percent, right? 8%, whatever it may be, um, or reducing the benefits altogether, increasing your full retirement age. I mean, this talks about, you know, I'm 40 years old, so my full retirement age is 67 currently. And mine this is too. Push- See, that's a long yeah. span there. So it starts about pushing it to 70, uh-huh. right? 72 or even, or 68, you know, who knows what that one year could do. But yeah, there's different strategies, but, it, but you're right. I mean, it's such a big portion of one's retirement income. Uh, currently, that uh, something has to be done. I mean, you're, you're you're talking about a depression like like no one's business if, if yeah. that happened. Well, speaking right. of depressed, um, congressional representatives get depressed when they don't win re-election. So right. it, you have to look at short term and long term what benefits them. <laughs> and <laughs> in the short term, it benefits them in their efforts to win re-election to kick the can down the road. But in the long term. Those poor people who in Congress, whether in Senate or House, in the around 2033, 34, if something's not done then, man, they're going to be in a heap of trouble. Yeah, I mean, I mean politically. You're gonna, yeah, you're going to have to find a political party that says we're not going to do anything. We're just going to let it let it let it run. Yeah. We let it run its course. Right. I mean, that's 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 a hard thing to, to imagine. But. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a shoes. I don't really feel like I, I, I wouldn't want to be. Um, <laughs> sitting in right no, that, no, that kind of seat neither. to make those decisions <laughs> well but it is it yeah. is something that needs to be done right it's you know um you know taxes right it's a it you know people run on on reducing taxes right there's another question that goes into uh why people think that taxes are going to go up right whether right. it's just looking at that federal, too. whether yeah. it's just federal or state this is another part of taxes that could possibly go up yeah a lot of things time. point to that definitely well we've looked back We've looked forward. Coming up, we're going to look at the now. What decisions do you need to make right now regarding your Social Security? That's what we're going to get into. As I said, the nuts and bolts of Social Security and when to claim. It's coming up on Your Finances Untangled. can you enjoy the best of both worlds in your financial planning, the convenience of a virtual relationship with your advisor, but also maintaining the human touch? That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. They're an endorsed Dave Ramsey SmartVestor. That's a relationship you can trust. At CloudVestors, you get a personal relationship with one of the team advisors who will help you build a robust investment strategy. It's all about specific, customized planning for your unique situation and for wherever you are in life, whether you're just starting out or getting close to retirement. Holistic financial planning in all areas, including taxes, estate planning, insurance, cash flow, and budgeting. They even offer customized personal websites for clients. The technology of today while still maintaining that human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. We're back. It's Your Finances Untangled. And we're talking Social Security today. And uh, Mo, interesting conversation we had looking back at the the, uh, the past. Uh, Social Security, when it became law, when the benefits started being paid out. Uh, the first recipient of uh, the first beneficiary, uh, the, the first person to be issued a card number. We looked forward to the news this week when we're recording of that uh, troubled year for Social Security being backed up a year because of COVID. But let's look at the right now, and especially for those who are 
getting close to where and when they can claim. Currently, you can claim early at 62, but we're going to look at all the right strategies. Do you want to start there? You kind of touched yeah. on that earlier about looking at your medical history and your family. So, yeah, so the first thing you want to do is, well, first thing you want to know is what is your full retirement age? That's the first thing you want to know. Mm-hmm. So your full retirement age, so anyone born uh 1943 to 54, your full retirement age is 66. Okay. And then every year after 54, so basically 1955 to 1959, your full retirement age increases by two months, right? So if you're born in 1955, your full retirement age is 66 in two months. If you're born in 1956, your full retirement age is 66 in four months. And then anyone born 1960 and later, your full retirement age is 67. Now, the reason why you should know what your full retirement age is, is because that is the sweet spot, like I mentioned before. That is the, that's, that's when you're, that's when you will receive a hundred percent of your social security benefits. Okay. So now, now, now that you know what your full retirement age is, then take into consideration if you claim your social security benefits anytime before your full retirement age, you will receive a reduction in your benefits. And it's a permanent reduction. That's if you claim so, between 62 and your full retirement age. Right, right. So if you took it at 62, you should expect about a 25 to maybe 30% reduction. Does that reduction so, go down as you get closer to your FRA? It goes down as you get closer okay, to your FRA. Okay, yep. okay. So if you took it at 60, so let's say you had a benefit of uh, at your full retirement age of $2,000 a month. Mm-hmm. If you took it at 62, you should expect your check to be about $1,500 a month. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So now that you know what your full retirement age is, then understanding what happens if you delay. So there's delayed credits, meaning that if you'd wait to take your Social Security benefits after your full retirement age, you actually get an 8% increase on your benefit. Okay. So, so by delaying it, you can actually turn your benefit that same two thousand a month. If you wait it to seventy, that two thousand a month turns to just over twenty six hundred dollars a month. Just by waiting. Just by waiting. And 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 these are again, these are decisions that you really have to carefully consider because there aren't many do overs. There aren't many mulligans in the world of social security. You get one mulligan. <laughs> you get one mulligan if you decide to change. If you decide, okay, well, you know what? I took it at 62, but now I'm 64, for instance. You say, oh, okay, I want to change it. Um, you can, you can, you, you know, if you take it at 62 and then halfway through the year, you say, you know what? I changed my mind. I heard this great podcast. I want to wait. Hmm. Then you, you, you can, you can uh, uh, turn it off and wait, but you have to pay back what you've received. Okay, right. So that's the mulligan. That's not a real fun mulligan, really. It's not a fun mulligan, right? You got you have to pay back what you did, what you what you received. It's like on the golf course if they said, um, "Well, okay, you do get. You, we're going to give you a mulligan, but you got to buy a round for everybody on the golf course when we hit the nineteenth <laughs> hole." <laughs> hey, here's the other thing too: when you claim early and you still work, that's a that's a big one. And so you're working. Now then once your salary hits $18,960, the current limit, what happens then? So uh, that's a major that's a good point. So if you're if you're thinking about taking your benefits early, right? 62 to anything 
anytime before your full retirement age, and you still plan on working, like generating an earned income, you have to consider how much income you make. Because you said, like you said, Dave, if you make over 18960 then the penalty is one for every $2 that you've received. So to kind of give you an idea, if you uh, collected benefits at 62 and you still work and you have, a, and you have an income of, call it 60 grand, mm-hmm. right? Well, you made over, what, over, a little over $40,000 than you should have made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So your, your, benef- your penalty is one for every $2. So you owe about 20 grand. And okay, As a penalty, and and that's what they and so now here's the there's and then there's another little twist. You actually at some point can get that back, what they took back, they give yeah. back. Yeah, there's there's a little kickback. Yeah, a kickback. There's a little um, where you can actually get that money back later when you hit full retirement age and probably incrementally, age. right? Yeah, yeah, but you still got to pay it back. At yeah. Wow. See, right. I see. It's it. just. Mm. It seems cleaner and remember, to it. And, and, and think about it. They're the ones giving you the check, right? So they'll get their money back one way or another. <laughs> oh, no. They're going to Either stop money. sending you a check yeah. or set up a, set up a payment plan, but they're going to get their money one way or another. Here's the beautiful thing. You mentioned that full retirement age is the sweet spot in so many ways because if, and many people do work at 66, 67, wherever you are, you can make as much as you want to make. Doesn't affect your Social Security benefits at all. Yeah, yeah. So after your full retirement age, the that income limit goes away. So it actually actually increases at your full retirement uh, the the year of your full retirement mm-hmm. age. But anyway, after your full retirement age, you can go ahead and make as much money as you want. Make a half a million dollars. Make a million dollars. There's no penalty, uh, but there is taxes. There are taxes. Taxes don't go away. Right. Uh, there are right. taxes, and your, ta- your Social Security benefit could be taxed. Uh, and as much as 85% of your benefit can be taxed. How does that work? What's the equation on that? So the equation is, is now it's, now it's the first, the first, the, the penalty is based off earned income, right? So basically you trading in your time and efforts for income. They think about wages. Like your adjusted tax, gross income. Or, right. Now the taxes are based off what's called provisional income. So that's anything that's considered income. Provisional. That's so, where I was going. I'm sorry. That's where I was going. That's what they base that on. Yeah. The taxes on. Provisional yeah, the taxes. Income. Right. So provisional income is anything you can think of that's income, right? So that could be you working. That could be rental income. That could be distributions from your retirement accounts, pensions, um, municipal bonds, interest from municipal bonds. Yeah, they may be, they may be federally taxed tax free or federally or, or locally tax free, but it does count as income when it comes to uh, provisional income. So once we basically anything you can consider income is what's calculated. And if your income is over, uh, what's it, $32,000, then 50% of your benefit can be taxed. Subject to taxation. Can, subject to taxation. Yeah. And then if you make, then there's, Calculations where it goes up to as high as 85% of your benefits can be taxed. Okay. Well, so it's not an 85% tax. It's no, it's not right. Exactly. Right. It's that so much. That is, percentage is subject to being taxed. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's the key factor, right? Is, is, you know, how much of your benefits will be taxable strategies to consider is, you know, uh, you know, we, we've been told 
as a society to start saving for your retirement through vehicles like IRAs, 401ks, for instance. Mm-hmm. Some of those uh, some of those options uh, are, are, well, a lot of people are saving in a pre-tax strategy, right? Yes. Uh, we're starting to see more employers offering like a Roth in their 401ks. Um, but for the most part, people are saving on a pre-tax basis, getting the tax deductions today. But what they may not realize is that what they're doing is building up this pot that's going to be taxed mm-hmm. down the road. And I bring this up because, you know, you can do a, you could have done a really amazing job and have a million dollars in your 401k, a million right. dollars in your IRA. But you don't then have a million. Seven, <laughs> you, don't you don't have, have a million, million, right? You don't have a million because all of a sudden, once you start taking distributions from these accounts, it, it's come, it becomes taxable, right? Well, that distribution, take it 25 grand, 30 grand, 40 grand distribution from your 401k, that can be considered, well, that will be considered income, income. will factor into the taxation on your social security. So not only will that be taxed because it was tax deferred for you the whole time, you didn't implement any strategies, but your social security, it makes your social security higher percentage subject to taxation. And, and the calculation starts off with half of your Social Security benefit. Right, with half. They, they factor half of that in. To start off with. So if you're getting $2,000 a month, so what's that, twenty four grand a year, the calculation on your Social Security benefits on whether it be taxed starts at half of that, so $12,000. Well, yeah, $12,000. Then the calculation starts. All right, so we have $12,000, and we're taking distributions from 401Ks. We have pensions. Um all of a sudden, boom, we've, we've, we've crossed that threshold. 85% of your benefits could be taxed. I just imagine, I know just it like doesn't that. work like this, and it wasn't in one meeting that this all these strat- these taxation rules were implemented or de- devised. But I think about if it is one meeting, they're like, all right, how do we, how do we uh, figure out how to tax our security? And they get through all this and then some more. Well, then do we count Social Security's income? Johnson, <laughs> you, you got your hand up over there. Uh, yes, sir. Could we make it 50 <laughs> percent? I don't know. Let's take a vote. Let's go around the table. And just imagine that would be excruciating. Uh, um, OK, you mentioned that you can't will your Social Security benefits and you really you're not doing that technically in this case, but your spouse could get yours when you die. Yes. One thing you always have to consider is when one when one spouse passes away, you will, especially during retirement, right? Mm-hmm. You will lose a source of income, right? Yeah. So what you happens is check. you have, yeah, you're gonna you it gets reduced to one check. So if you have two spouses collecting Social Security benefits, and let's let's just keep it simple, two thousand one earn one spouse is earning two thousand dollars a month. The other spouse is earning, uh, not earning, but getting a thousand dollars a month for their benefit. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the spouse who who makes who's getting the two thousand dollar check passes away. Well, the surviving spouse will lose their benefit of a thousand dollars and just step into the place of this spouse's two the 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 deceased spouse's two thousand. Right, so yeah, they 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 step into their shoes, but they lose their own benefit. Right, you won't collect two benefits at a time. So you get the so higher lose. So you get the higher and you lose yours. Right. So that is a, a now if the spouse that was making a thousand pack predeceases uh, the, 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 the higher um, the higher benefit spouse, 
then they just stay within their two thousand. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll just keep their benefit. Well, that's another decision. But you will, you will lose make. a source of income. You do lose that, and that's something absolutely. And that's where you come in with planning to help make sure that when that happens, you've got that covered. And in, in looking forward to make sure you've got something that will step in that in the place of that. I mean, that's all in in the whole planning process when you help people plan their retirement. But another social security decision is the highest earner really needs to think about seriously about waiting till 70. You have to think about that, right? Because if you if you're the higher earner, and then you take your benefits early, right? Uh, Especially if you take it before your full retirement age, then you're taking a reduction, right? but you're also permanently reducing your surviving spouse's benefit, right? Because you took a 25% reduction. So your benefits lowered now. Mm -hmm. And if your spouse is maybe was a homemaker their entire lives, and now they're going to step into your shoes. If you were to pass away, it could have made more sense to wait till 70, get your benefit to increase uh, and maybe take some distributions from your assets, and so you can get the eight percent increases on your Social Security benefits. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things to consider. It is. You know, there's 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 so many different strategies. There's so many different. How strategies many choices are there in strategies? I, I hear that number, and I think, how can that even be possible? Well, it, it, it's we haven't even touched on divorced spousal yet. We haven't talked on filing. Well, we did touch a little bit on filing restricting. Um, so yeah, this, there's, do you take yours at 64? You have your spouse take theirs later. You know, there's just so many different, so many (laughs) speaking of divorce, and this might be another reason social security trust funds in trouble because no matter, we've talked about this before, no matter how many ex spouses you have, they can have, make that option of taking yours, Right. If, as long well, as you yes. were married 10 years, and as long yes, as they married. don't remarry. Yeah, so for, you know, if you were married for 10 years, divorced, married for 10 years, divorced, married for 10 years, divorced, <laughs> right? Don't get married again. Are you still but. alive after all that? <laughs> so, but, but they can, have, they can. Yeah, you have three ex-husbands wow. or three ex-wives, and if your benefit is if, their be- if, if half of their benefit is higher than your own benefit, then you can go ahead and claim one of their benefits. Man, that's that's and then I mean, yeah, and of course, you don't you can't remarry and all that. But, you know, it's just things like that. You think, well, how did it how did it remain solvent for so long when they allow <laughs> some things like that to happen? Uh, uh, so I tell you, yeah, it's something. Yeah. So if, and that's in that option. If you get married again, just make sure you marry someone with a higher <laughs> So security benefit. <laughs> right. You know, the older you get, you start looking at things like that. When you're younger, it's love. I know. <laughs> uh, and then later in life, it's money. <laughs> um, oh, well, here's another thing, too. There are less workers now per beneficiary than there used to be. What is it now? Three to one? Is it three to one? I, I, I don't know. I actually said that off the top of my head. I didn't research that. <laughs> but no, I think that's close. Um, um, you know, where it used to be like, I think at one point, wasn't it 11 to 1? Yeah, it was a higher number as far as how many workers were to, to, to uh, beneficiaries that are actually playing into the system. And I get a lot of entrepreneurs now, you know, that, are, that, are, that aren't, that are strategizing to maybe pay less into 
into Social Security. Um, and so that does impact the bottom line of the trust. I was right. It's three workers now. There you go. That's from SSA.gov. <clears throat> Which is a great site to go to. So, yeah. um, if you do, you, do you remember those uh, letters you used to get in the mail that show the well, income you made in the in the past and um, what your estimated benefits are? Well, those those reports are now, for the most part, online. Yeah. So everyone should. I don't care how old you are, but everyone should go to ssa.gov. It's the Social Security website. Um, create an account for yourself. It's free. And what you want to do is just make sure that one, you know, you can get into the site Two, um, you can find that report there and you want to make sure one is, you, you know, it gives you an idea of what your benefits are going to be or can be, but two is, uh, you want to make sure that the income they have reported is correct. Yes. Because your benefits will be based off your income history. And so it's, uh, it is your responsibility to make sure that Social Security has the right information. People do make mistakes, so you need to check that. And, and it is a, it, it's really a good site, easy to navigate. And when, it, yeah, it's about three workers now per recipient. And over the next few decades, that number will fall to just two workers per beneficiary. Wow. Yeah. That's from SSA.gov. That's so. Those politicians wow, got is. a lot of work to do. They better roll up their sleeves, <laughs> get busy. Man, I, I think uh, I think it was covered today, Mo. I mean, I mean, you, no, you didn't. You you can't cover everything in a in one podcast because it's a lot. Yeah, we'd be here forever. Yeah, yeah. That was very thorough, though. Good. Yeah. Let's see. In 1940, it was 159 workers to beneficiaries. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? And well, now it's three. Well, you just started claiming beneficiaries. Uh, beneficiaries at point, right? So oh, that's right. So, that point. yeah, weren't that okay? Gotcha. Well, and, yeah, now it's three. Well, and people were, were died sooner. <laughs> yeah, like the first person to be issued a social security number died at sixty-one. He never got a penny. He never got it. From he worked from. I mean, he got the the number at twenty-three. And so, you know, his working life, he was contributing and he died, never got a penny at the age of 61. That's sad. That is sad. Yeah. They want a 6.2% for your entire working years. Yeah. Well, I I don't want to end on a sad note, but um, (laughs) let's just keep plugging away. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, My brother-in-law, who is at full retirement age, he thanks me every time I see him for working. Thank you for working. I appreciate those checks I get because what they take out of me is paying him right now. It's paying him. Yeah. 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 Uh, Well, good uh, stuff. Social security, Mo, you cover it as always. Uh, Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to cover, but you say we can't cover it all in one time. So we'll, we'll we'll do a social security part two. Yeah. uh, More strategies to consider, but this is planning, right? This is the things that we consider and we factor in when we make recommendations to our clients. So if you're not having those conversations with your advisor, or if you're looking to have those conversations, um, you know, we're here to help. We're here to help everyone. Thank you to all our podcast listeners around the world. And we know that too, because we can see it. Thank you. Thank you. And stay with us. Rate, please subscribe, share, Whatever it need, you need to do, let's make this thing global. Every country in the world. 
<laughs> we will rule the world. Oh, one social security check at a time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Stay with us here. Mo, have a great week. We'll get back together next week for another recording of this great podcast, Your Finances Untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Mo Param nor his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.